What is up, friends, and welcome to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. My name is Ian McLaren, and I'm your host, and this is a daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. And after over four months off the ice, our Boston Bruins will be back in action tonight against the Columbus Blue Jackets in exhibition game at Scotiabank Arena in Toronto, getting ready for Saturday's round-robin tilt with the Philadelphia Flyers in a game that will actually count for something. Tonight's game is more of a tune-up, and we'll preview that here in a moment, uh, as well as some news and notes from practice on Wednesday and a look around the NHL. But let's begin with some actual Bruins news that dropped Wednesday afternoon around 3 p.m. where Bruins general manager Don Sweeney announced the team has agreed to terms with restricted free agent Anders Bjork on a three-year contract through 2022-23 that will carry an annual cap hit of $1.6 million. This could end up being a right steal for the Bruins if he continues on his track of becoming a very reliable two-way forward with top six potential. Bjork, who's only 23, appeared in 58 games for the Bruins this past season, recording nine goals and 10 assists. He was a fifth-round pick back in the 2014 NHL entry draft and came to the Bruins after a very nice collegiate career as part of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Uh, Another great signing for uh, Don Sweeney and company, in my opinion. Bjork has great potential uh, to be even better than he appeared in this, his rookie season. And to keep him for three years at $1.6 million, like I said, could be quite a steal at the end of that uh, contract. Sweeney said there wasn't really any timeline to get this deal done other than the obvious of when next season starts or the player has arbitration. Some of those touch points that do present deadlines, but in this case, we've just had real frequent discussions with Anders and his representatives and found the timing as such that he would like to get it done earlier than later, and we were fine with that. He added, I think the market will continue to take shape between now and when we do get up and running and players have to be signed. I think teams will do as we did, forecast properly in terms of what contract negotiations look like versus what an arbitration looks like. That's kind of the um, approach that Sweeney and his staff took to this. To see the fact that his game has been rounding out as a more complete two-way player, we use him in penalty kill situations, he's able to settle on both left and right wing, And there's great versatility in his game, Sweeney said. He wants to continue to get better. He has to find the confidence at the NHL level to be able to score and finish. If not, he's still going to be a really good two-way hockey player that adds speed and versatility to the lineup. So again, they're hoping for another level in terms of goal production, but they're very happy with his two-way game at the moment. And it's very mature, I guess you would say, for his age. Bjork said... It's a good opportunity with a fantastic team. I want to be in Boston playing for this team. He felt it was the right decision to sign and just focus on playing, not to have to worry about it in the postseason at all. Now he can have his focus completely on where it should be in these playoffs and doing the best he can to help the team achieve the goal of winning a Stanley Cup. 
Alright, allow me to uh, reboot here a bit as I have found a quieter spot. I don't know if you heard off the top some background noise. That was one of my kids was watching Disney Plus behind me and that's a bit of a hit around our house these days. So forgive that. I was able to jump on the Bruins Zoom call on Wednesday and one of the topics was the statement that the Bruins made declaring their intentions to stand against racism and inequality by uh, standing arm-in-arm during the national anthems, at least for tonight's game against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Now, for those of you who are on social media, you probably noticed the other day there was a bit of backlash directed towards Tuka Rask, who, after this statement was made, uh, he appeared on NBCSN wearing a Boston police hat. And a Bruins reporter posted that on Twitter and Brad Marchand then called out that reporter saying, you know, are you effing serious, Porter? This here is why you are part of the problem. Now, full credit to Scott McLaughlin, who asked Brad Marchand about this during the Zoom call yesterday. And basically what... Marshawn said is that Rask was given the hat by a friend and the interview was recorded prior to the statement from the team in his viewpoint. And I guess from Rask's viewpoint as well, he was just wearing a hat that was given to him by a friend with no intent to make any sort of statement. Marshawn said they all want to be part of the solution and he didn't really appreciate the negative buzz brought up by this reporter basically for the sake of likes. Uh, he didn't think it was representative of Tukarask's uh, position on the matter and also uh, risked kind of alienating Rask and not or making it less likely that he would uh, speak out in the future. Marshand regretted bringing attention to the tweet, uh, not tweeting it, to begin with, uh, and he reiterated that Tuca wasn't trying to make a statement and that all Bruins are united in wanting to bring an end to racism. Prior to that, Marshan said, we all believe in this. We're all on the same page. We don't stand for racism. We are against it. We want to continue to further the conversation, and we have had a ton. We do have so much to learn, and I think this has really opened our eyes that we need to be part of the solution, and that's what we want to do. Now, you can argue whether or not Marshan was correct in calling out this reporter, if uh, Rask was at the very least failing to read the room by wearing that hat. Um, but, you know, not really a, a great look for the Bruins uh, with the hat and Marshan's tweet. Uh, after releasing that statement, after the team released that statement. Bergeron, for his part, he said, we're trying to listen, we're trying to educate ourselves. This is another way for us. We've had some great conversations over the last few days, and we can continue that and hopefully encourage other people to do the same thing. You know, it's very debatable whether or not the linking of arms is really that much of a statement and, you know, what conversations will amount to. Um, so. You know, I'll leave it to you all to to make your own decisions on that. But uh, hopefully there's some more actual, uh, you know, tangible steps that are taken to 
eradicate racism from hockey players who traditionally do um, the bare minimum or not even that when it comes to social issues. Uh, so I thought that was an interesting bit from uh, Wednesday's Zoom call that I was able to participate in, as I said, and I was able to uh, throw out the last question with some hard-hitting journalism, which I will play for you here now. Uh, yeah, this is for either of you guys. Um, any insight into um, the tweet sent out by uh, Pasternak last night praising uh, Tom Wilson as, as the NHL's goal scorer? Any idea who was behind that or, or uh, what was going on there? Just some bubble shenanigans? You got to ask David about it. Uh, I don't know what's behind it, to be honest with you. I actually do know what's behind it, but uh, yeah, you got to ask that guy. That's his Twitter. That's his thing. Uh, so you gotta, that's a question for him. So there you have it. Krejci knows what's up, but wouldn't uh, divulge. Jara, as you could tell, really didn't have time for the question. Um, so yeah, the mystery continues. I was hoping to ask Marshan that question, but he was, uh, you know, busy answering those other questions. I know that some of you don't really see all of that as a big deal, but I still think it's important to talk about. And um, I think our team can do better in this area, uh, despite the fact that Chara has been exemplary, you know, taking part in a Black Lives Matter march. Bergeron has stepped up, donating some of his money to these causes. Uh, but, you know, there's still a lot to learn uh, from all of us, and I think it's important to continue to have these conversations on this podcast as well. Before we move on, let's talk for a moment about rockauto.com. Rock Auto is the perfect place to go if you are looking for car parts. Rockauto.com is a family-owned business, and they have been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can shop for auto and body parts from literally hundreds of manufacturers. Everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpeting. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. They're always reliably low prices, and the same for professionals as well as DIYers. If you go to rockauto.com right now, please write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. For the first time since March 10th, the Boston Bruins will take to the ice tonight to play a hockey game. It's an exhibition game. It's against the Columbus Blue Jackets, but it's still exciting nonetheless. And we have a pretty good idea of what the lineup will look like. Bruce Cassidy on Wednesday said he thinks they're going to play a pretty full lineup, and he expects that Columbus will as well. What he's seen from other exhibition games is the pace is very, very high. Guys have their legs. They're flying around. The execution is a bit off, and managing the puck is always a challenge especially when you're playing in July, <laughs> where it's it's pretty hot up here, actually. And so the ice isn't great. Um, so everybody's continuing to ramp up for the play-ins and the round robins. But as we saw on Wednesday, it's 
getting pretty physical already. There are a couple fights, uh, including our old friend Johnny Boychuk dropping the gloves in a game against uh, the Rangers, which was uh, pretty fun to see. David Pasternak practiced again, and he's likely to find himself in the lineup against the Blue Jackets on the top line with Bergeron and Marchand. Um, he missed all of training camp, as we know, but he has stepped right in to the Toronto practices and looked very much like the Pasternak that we know and love. Cassidy said the line looked good again. Uh, we've had some good work portions of practice, and you could see some of the grinding, some of the battling, the five-on-five, D-zone, four-check, puck recovery. Uh, Cassidy was going to have a discussion with him last night at dinner. Uh, but all indications are that uh, he wants to play, he's ready to play, and coach just wants to make sure that they're not rushing him. But at the end of the day, he suspects he'll play, and uh, the final decision will be made this morning. But, you know, again, that's basically what's going to happen. Uh, Marshand, it was kind of funny, he said it's frustrating watching him come back and realizing just how far behind him we are. It's been a lot of fun having him back. Just the energy that he brings to the table every day. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, Nick Ritchie did not practice yesterday. um, And Andre Kasha remains away from the team, but is expected to join the Bruins in short order, according to Bruins general manager Don Sweeney. So both of those guys will obviously not be in consideration to play. Now remember, teams can dress 13 skaters and seven defensemen for these games. And so based on uh, Wednesday's practice lineup, we can expect, like I said, Marchand, Bergeron, Pasternak on the top line, DeBrusque, David Krejci, and Jack Stanika on the second line. Stanika continues to, yeah, get that top six opportunity and he is adjusting well to it. And Bruce Cassidy is definitely going to give him a look on that second line um, in Kasha's continued absence and maybe even once he comes back. Uh, The third line looks like it's going to be Sean Corrales, Charlie Coyle, and then likely Anders Bjork. He and Carson Kuhlman have been rotating in and out of that right-wing position on the third line, but Bjork seems to have the edge. And then on the fourth line, we'll have Nordstrom, Lindholm, and Wagner. Kuhlman, therefore, will likely be in the lineup as the 13th forward and could see some ice time, although I wouldn't expect too much, to be honest. Uh, Zdeno Chara, Charlie McAvoy, Tori Krug, Brandon Carlo, Matt Grizzlick, Jeremy Lozon will be the defensive pairings with one of John Moore and Connor Clifton getting that uh, seventh man in. Um, as well. Now, Bruce Cassidy was asked about John Moore specifically and what it would take for him to get some looks in the lineup. Unfortunately, he isn't really able to play on the right side, so he's limited in where he can stand on the depth chart. Obviously, on the left side, Chara and Krug get priority. Grizzlick has asserted himself as uh, a top five defenseman on this team. So he gets the edge there, and then Lozon is able to play on the right side, so he's able to step in there with Clifton being the extra man on that right side as well. So that's basically how um, the defense seems to be shaking out at this point. As far as the Blue Jackets go, we know our Bruins took care of them in the playoffs last year. Uh, They 
enter the NHL's return to play as the ninth seed in the Eastern Conference and will therefore take on the Toronto Maple Leafs in the Stanley Cup qualifiers. They lost some pretty high-profile free agents since the Bruins saw them in the playoffs last year, including Sergei Bobrovsky, Artemi Panarin, and Matt Duchesne. They finished the regular season with a record of 33-23-15, and John Tortorella, along with Bruce Cassidy, is a Jack Adams Trophy finalist. Their leading offensive player is Pierre-Luc Dubois. He had 49 points in 70 games, and Oliver Bjorkstrand had 21 goals. Um, on defense, Zach Wierenski and a now healthy Seth Jones make up one of the best defensive duos in the NHL, so they really have that going for them. In net, goalie Elvis Merzlikens, uh, he really came onto the scene in a big way midway through the season. He recorded five shutouts with a 9.23 save percentage. The Bruins went 0-1-1 against Columbus in the regular season. And the third and final matchup was canceled due to COVID-19. Again, the Bruins eliminated the Blue Jackets in six games during the 2019 Stanley Cup playoffs after they swept the Tampa Bay Lightning in the opening round. Uh, the Blue Jackets, of course, that is. Columbus is a tight defensive team. They're very scrappy, and this should be a good test for the Bruins to try to find uh, their legs, try to find some ways to get the puck on net, and uh, to see, yeah, just where they stand prior to Sunday's opener against the uh, Philadelphia Flyers, the round-robin opener, that is. One other thing I wanted to mention was that uh, Charlie Coyle has been named the winner of Nesson's 7th Player Award. The uh, decision was made by a fan vote, and the 7th Player Award is presented to the Bruin who exceeded the expectations of Bruins fans during the season. He recorded 16 goals and 21 assists in 70 games for the Bruins this season, ranked 5th on the team in goals, 7th in assists, 6th in scoring, and averaged the 5th most ice time among forwards. handful of games prior to the COVID-19 pause, he was actually uh, leading the team in ice time among forwards. I wouldn't say he necessarily exceeded expectations. I think for me, the offense could a bit more where he maybe exceeded my expectations was kind of uh, defensively. Uh, he's a very, he's a much better two-way center than I thought he was prior to uh, him coming over. And um, I, I would like to see a bit more from his offensive game, but that could be also just a function of him playing on the third line. Uh, but Coyle, yeah, he's emerged as one of my favorite Bruins for sure. And uh, I'm excited to see what he's able to do in the playoffs over the next, hopefully, couple of months. Let's finish off now with some news and notes from around the NHL. A bunch of exhibition games took place on Wednesday. It is exhibition action, so the results can be taken with a grain of salt. But um, as much as I'd I'm not a Blackhawks fan. It was nice to see them thump the Blues 4-0. The Lightning looked very good against the Florida Panthers. They beat them 5-0. And uh, the Islanders surprised with the win over the Rangers. Uh, I really think the Rangers have a chance to uh, make some noise during these playoffs. And um, they're going to have to obviously get through Carolina in order to do that. 
but uh, to see the Islanders, who I don't really love, uh, beating up, well, not really beating up on the Rangers, but taking care of the Rangers was a bit of a surprise. Elsewhere, speaking of the Blackhawks, they're taking steps designed to honor Native American culture. Some people take issue with their team nickname, but for the time being, they're sticking with it, but they are banning headdresses at their games and intend to incorporate Native American culture and education into their arena and the games. The club has, like I said, resisted calls to change its names and logo after the NFL's Washington football team announced they were moving on from their nickname, Um, but at least they're doing something. It's a start and uh, good on the Blackhawks for taking those steps. Former Toronto Maple Leafs coach Mike Babcock has taken on a voluntary advisory role with the Vermont Catamounts coaching staff. Could be his first step back into the coaching ranks. Uh, You know, volunteer advisory role is pretty much as basic as you can get. Uh, But, you know, I would think that he still has a desire to coach and is kind of taking baby steps, getting back into it after the kind of rocky way his tenure in Toronto ended uh, with allegations of, you know, treating players in an abusive manner. Um, And finally, the plot kind of is thickening in Arizona as uh, former general manager John Chayka's relationship with the team was apparently irrevocably damaged when he lied about having a job interview with the New Jersey Devils. Apparently, the story is that he said he was just wanting to meet with another team just to, I don't know, discuss business, I guess. And it came out that he was indeed um, going there for a job interview. An NHL team approached Coyotes owner Alex Morello about a month ago seeking permission to speak with Cheka. Morello rejected it and then... Chaka reportedly lied to the owner about the devil's interest only to subsequently request his contract be terminated so he could pursue an opportunity within the devil's ownership sports portfolio. The devils also or the owners of the devils own uh, the 76ers, I believe, and some other things. So it wasn't just a hockey job. Chaka, I guess, would have had a role kind of within all those sports teams that they own. Arizona's owner felt betrayed, but wanted to wait until the season ended to discuss this with Cheka. But Cheka felt um, that was unreasonable, and he eventually resigned. So that could really hurt his uh, opportunity to get other NHL jobs. Uh, you know, if if you're lying to your owner, to your boss, that's not a good look. And um, who knows uh, if and when he'll land with another team today in NHL action, apart from our Bruins. There'll be a Nashville-Dallas game at 4 o'clock and then a Vegas-Arizona game at 10 o'clock Eastern. Day off tomorrow, and then it all begins for real on Saturday, and I'm very excited about that. I also wanted to tell you about another opportunity that has come up for Locked On Boston Bruins fans, and that is uh, I am planning to host some live watch parties on Hot Mike. Um, So you can look out for more details on that on my Twitter at ENC McLaren. I'll be posting about that for opportunities for 
us to watch some games together, which uh, will be fun and not something that we can really do right now going out and watching games, but we can gather online that way and, and root on our Bruins, which should be uh, which should be pretty fun. So, yeah, that's about it for today's episode of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you all enjoy tonight's game against the Blue Jackets. Hopefully it's a, an encouraging win for our Bruins. And uh, keep an eye on Twitter for any breaking news that comes at LO underscore Boston Bruins. Uh, yeah, I'm really excited to begin talking about actual hockey again. And uh, I'm sure so many of you are as well. And um, yeah, if you have any Bruins loving friends or family members in your life, please do tell them about the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast so we can continue to grow as a group and as a community and uh, just have some fun cheering on our Bruins together during the round robin and, and the playoffs. So yeah, have a great Thursday, friends. Enjoy the game tonight, and we'll catch you again tomorrow. Peace.